Good. Um, yeah, God is so good, isn't he? Um, I hope you're enjoying this time of the year. I, I love winter. I don't know, maybe I'm a strange duck, but it's a good thing I'm going to live in Minnesota. Uh, some of the reasons I, I love winter is the slower um, pace. And um, I don't know, it's just something about um, when the snows come and when the season, uh, this uh, uh, kind of a time to reflect more. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, time to reflect more. But some of you uh, maybe have had more time to reflect more. And I'm looking right at Joe <laughs> as he's for uh, had had some knee surgery and sometimes those things and um, I had a break last winter and you know some of you know that and some of the sometimes we're forced to slow down and reflect and, and just soak up soak in soak in some of the presence of the Lord or some of the sometimes we just need to be able to hear uh, to have, have ears to hear what he's saying and I think if we can we can hear what the Lord is saying, that we'll have a more of a peace of God in heart, in our inside. Because so so often there's so many things of distracting us, and you know as well as I do, there's so many voices that are coming at us. There's so many sounds. There's so many people saying things, and we we you know as long as you turn on the media, you know don't be t- overly absorbed in that. I mean you can do it to a degree i just feel that we need to guard some of the times that we spend what is our what are we thinking about today today i really felt um we finished up second peter and we went to first and second peter and uh really felt that god said to me uh i had this prompting speak on peace and you know that this kind of year peace is um all the year, we really, everyone likes peace. But what is peace? What is the, what is real peace? And I, I really believe that God is the author. He, he is peace. God is about peace. Well, when we talk about peace, it's, uh, in order to have real peace, we, we have to know God. We have to, I, I believe that in order to have real peace, we have to know that we're, that we're in that we're saved, that we're forgiven. And really, the, the sin problem that the Bible talks about is taken care of. It's already taken care of, but we must admit, we must accept uh, the, what the Lord has done for us. So, uh, peace, ah, wow, you know, just without it, you can't get very far. Without the peace of God inside our heart, we find us being Overly uh, stressed, overly anxious, overly, you know, easily upset with things. I'm speaking to myself. And uh, we find ourselves trying to make things happen maybe when we shouldn't. Um, you know, just a whole list of things. How many like peace? You like quiet? You like your time alone? Come on. You like your time to... Be able to recharge, so to speak. What is it that uh, we need today? And I think in our world, and our world is getting crazier, right? Can you, can you believe it? Uh, so many gadgets, so many things that supposedly make our life easier, but in many ways they do and they're helpful. 
But we have to guard, I think, even against gadgets and things that will somehow keep us away or distract us from what what is God saying? What what does God want to speak into our lives? So I've chosen a, several scriptures. First one is Isaiah 9, 6. And uh, this is speaking toward the prophecy of Isaiah that when the, when the Christ child will come, and he speaks to this degree at verse 6, a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Wow, that, that's a good thought. The government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. So God is uh, announcing uh, through Isaiah, and this has already happened. Jesus has already come to the earth and born to a virgin. We know the story. And we are reminded again today, every Christmas season, we're reminded of that purpose, why he came to the earth. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to bring God in relationship, the bridge, the gap, to bring the chasm together, to bring the distance that sin has kept us from God so that we might be able to have relationship with God again and be in right relationship with God. So that has already happened. And then we read on Isaiah 26, 3. It's a few chapters over. And we read, and the setting here is really uh, a lot of Isaiah has to do with the, the struggle, the warfare that was taking place, the relationship of Israel that was distant from God at that time. And the prophet of Isaiah is being used to help pull the children of Israel back in. And he speaks these words, verse 3 of chapter 26. The steadfast of mind, thou wilt keep in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Because he trusts in thee. And now this is not only peace, but it's perfect peace. How can we have perfect peace in an unperfect world, in an imperfect surrounding? It's only going to be through our Lord himself who is the God of peace, who comes to still the storm that is raging on in so many people's lives. How many have felt a few of those storms lately? You, they've come, they've come and they've hit you, and you find yourself reaching out, or reaching up. Peter, Peter was called by Jesus to step out of the boat, wasn't he? The disciples were very frightened by a storm, a physical storm. Remember the story, Jesus was in the boat, and he was asleep. How could Jesus sleep through such a thing? Jesus must have had a lot of peace, and he was a sound sleeper. He didn't, have wor he didn't worry, he, didn't, he wasn't upset about it. He was awakened by the disciples. Jesus! Don't you care that we perish? How many have ever felt sometimes God is not hearing your prayer and you wonder what's going on? Why is it taking so long? Why doesn't he seem like he's doing anything? We, we all 
I think, have our moments. But Jesus, looking at the winds, what did he say? Hush. Hush. Peace. Be still. And he's quieted. And you can just imagine the sense, the scene. It's like on a, a calm crystal day, the, the lake, the, 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 the sea became calm. Perfectly calm. Where you could hear a pin drop. Isn't that amazing? Our Lord. When our Lord comes into the room, there's a peace. When our Lord comes into our heart, there's a peace. And I want to talk about this today. How is our, our barometer of peace? I want to talk to you about what, what, is, what is going on inside. How is it going on inside here? What really matters is a lot of things go on on the outside. What things are, some, many things we, we cannot have control over, but many times we can only have control with the help of the Lord. How am I going to react to that? How am I going to respond to this person? How am I going to ask or, or, or respond in the right way? We know this, that God is not the author of confusion. He's not that way. Who is the enemy? Satan wants to confuse, uh, bring people into fear, anxiety, depression, uh, oppression. You can put all kinds of labels on it. He wants to bring us down if he can. He wants us to get us to think on the negative or the worst scenario. He wants us to begin to doubt. But God has, the wor- has a word for us today. He says to look unto me, the author and the finisher of your faith, who endured the cross. We're to look unto, how are we going to have peace? How are we going to uh, overcome? It's going to be that we stay close to him through his word, through talking with him, allowing him to talk to us, listening to him. How are we going to settle some of the, the issues that are going on inside? We need to bring them to Jesus. And lay them out. You know what's really good is to be very honest with your feelings with God. Just be absolutely honest. Lord, I'm feeling upset. Lord, I'm feeling I'm, I'm impatient. What does that do? When you, when you tell the Lord that, you say, well, I know it already, but I'm glad you said that. Now, because you have removed yourself from trying to do it yourself, now I can step in. Now I can strengthen you. When we admit that we have a weakness, when we have a sin or a problem, God is released to us. God is able to come to us because we're not standing in the way trying to do it ourselves. We're trying to fix ourselves. Many, I'm speaking to myself, come on. We're trying to fix it ourselves. And we try to sometimes force it. The Lord wants us to have it by his help. God wants to transform us. Transforming has to do with his work. Transforming has to do with something that happens beyond ourselves. A transformation is a change of heart. That God the Holy Spirit brings a change in our life. That we are actually, our heart is changed. Our heart is made clean. Our heart is made ready and right relationship with God. That's a transformation. We want our society to change. We want our society to, we want us to get back to where God has 
has started us out, and we want us to, we want things to be the way they were. We've got to be we've got to be praying that God will start a new work in the church and start a new work through the church of Jesus Christ and a renewing and a rekindling and a spirit of revival. Can I have an amen? A spirit of renewal, revival, a quickening starts with me. It starts with you. What do I want to happen this year? What do I want to happen this, boil it down, what do I want to happen this day? I need him. Oh, how I need him. I need him every hour, every, every moment. Because every moment that goes by, we are all in the same boat, so to speak, that we are struggling with what is called the arm of the flesh. We struggle so many times. We are living in, in the hum, human, humanity and weakness. But the Lord has come to give us a new person. You are new creation. You are born into a new person through Jesus. And so we look at the verse Isaiah 26, verse 3. The steadfast in heart, the steadfast in mind, rather, thou wilt keep in perfect peace. In other words, it takes some perseverance. It takes some work to keep our mind upon the Lord or to keep our mind in the right place or to keep our attitude in the right place. Amen? A lot of times it's not even the circumstances that are so hard, but it's my attitude toward the circumstances. Then he goes on, thou will keep in perfect peace. I don't think there's a person on earth that can live always in perfect peace. But Jesus is perfect peace. And so when we admit that we're struggling, amen, when we admit that we're having a hard day to the Lord, he comes. And it can just be in a very quick moment. In a very quick moment. And he's there to show us, you know what? I've got you. I've got you. You're in my hand. You can do this through me only. You can walk through this only by my grace. You cannot do this in your own strength. So how can we have this peace? We have to place a trust. We have to trust. Trust has to do with, I don't know all the results. I don't know what's going to happen for sure. All I know that God is taking me somewhere that's going to be good. I know that God is going to see me through this trial. God is going to see things through. And when we put our trust in God, we're saying, I cannot do this in my own strength. Comes down to the word surrender. How many know what surrender is with the Lord? Surrender to the Lord is a good thing. Surrender is not giving up, so to speak. You're not throwing in the towel. What you're saying is, I surrender to God. God, I cannot admit that I cannot do this in my own strength. God, if you're not going to help me, then I don't know what I'm going to do. You see, it comes down to if God isn't for us, if the Lord doesn't build the house, then we labor in vain, it says in Psalmist. In other words, he, the psalmist talks, it's vain for me to rise up early. I, he's not talking about, if you get up early, it's, that, 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 that's okay. But if, that, if, if you're not sleeping at night because you're, you're, you're struggling with the battle going on, and 
God wants to help us. I know sometimes we all struggle. Things can bother us. And we know we shouldn't be bothered by them. I'm speaking to myself. But they bother us. Earthly things. Stuff that we've worked hard for. And I'm, you know, I'm just being as human as, as anyone else. I need the Lord to put perspective on the stuff. Help me not to allow stuff to become my God. But to put it in its perspective, the Lord has blessed us. If it wasn't for the Lord, do you know what the proverb says? It's the Lord who gives to us riches. It's the Lord who blesses. And when we recognize it's God's blessing, it puts the whole new uh, shape, uh, a whole new view upon, I did not do that in my own strength. I did not just work for that by my own strength. It was God that gave me the mindset. It was God that went beyond my ability. You see, the riches Jesus referred to It was hard for a rich man to get into heaven because the rich man was so often consumed with his riches that he he didn't need God. And when he referred to a rich man being hard to get into heaven, he didn't say it was impossible, but it was hard. And so when I think about that, a lot of things can keep us, a lot of things can keep me from coming to God and it has to do with me it has to do with my mindset about things and I must continually battle remember the battle is often in the mind the battle is in the mind as we think so how do we deal with this well one of the good verses that we have going for us and so often I refer to the scriptures If it wasn't for the word of God, I don't know where I'd turn because it is the absolute truth. And so for for, for one example, Philippians 4.8, after he had just talked about praying about everything and not being anxious, and he said, I'll I'll give you the promise of peace. You know, when you you come to God and you pray with thanksgiving and you begin to, you know what, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not as bad off as... I thought I was. You begin to start to thank God for what I have instead of what I don't have. All of a sudden, things begin to switch. Thank you, switch around, and it's like I start to see the glass half full now instead of half empty. And I, I agree. I, I struggle many times only seeing the glass half full or half empty. I see it on the negative side, and I got to get past that. And that's, that's the old Gary. It's got to go. It's not, that's not the new nature. The new nature says it's speak life. Believe God. Trust me. Now he goes on in Philippians 4. He says, think on these, whatever's true. And so we have to ask ourselves, is, is this true? What am I thinking? What I'm thinking about, is this really true? Or is this kind of half truth and it's kind of half lie? Is it honorable, right? pure, lovely, excellent, anything worthy of praise. I'll tell you what, if you just listen to the news, all right, if you only listen to the news, you're going to get down. What is the news, 90% of it, even more than that, oftentimes it's the negative, it's the negative, it's the negative. And oftentimes we, we, we need to keep up on current events, 
But let's not bank our life on it. Let's not let that determine how we should feel inside, right? Let's take our concerns to the Lord and begin to transfer them on to the Lord. Guess what? He is stronger than you and I. Guess what? He is still on the throne. We can, we can begin to bury ourselves in so much stuff that's going on, we lose hope before we ever can get out of the door in the morning. Amen? Can we be real for a moment? Can we just say, Lord, I'm tired of hearing this. I need some good thoughts. I need some stuff that will help me get through this day. Help me to be able to pray as I ought to. Help me to begin to look and give other people hope. And listen, your peace that God gives to you is not only for yourself, but it's for the person that you are uh, living uh, as a family together. It's for the person that you work with, with. Your peace radiates. God's peace in you can radiate and give other people peace. I remember I was in college. I was working. Uh, I was doing. Uh, I was looking for a job. I, I, I was looking the papers. And uh, I did masonry work then. And. I, I randomly chose a family, a name, and called them. And a couple said, no, they don't need any more help. And one says, well, call you back, or I'll meet you. Meet you so such and such a place. So the long story short, I ended up working for this family who had had a need. They had just had had a, that fall, they had had a, 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 a son. One of their sons had drowned in a, in a fishing accident. And so this family is grieving. They're, they're in pain. They're in sorrow. And uh, had many opportunities just to, just to show up, just to show up and, and work hard. And then one by one, these guys would begin to uh, almost like begin to question me why I was doing what I was doing. And begin to ask me, what, what is it, what is it, what's different? And one of them said this very, you seem to bring up. A sense of peace. I, I remember saying this. And I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, Lord, thank you that you allowed me an opportunity. And little by little, as I stayed with them through that fall winter, I was able to connect. I eventually prayed with the, the dad and the mom. I had time to pray with them. I think one of the sons as well. But it was an opportunity. Listen, God wants to use you and I to bring peace in the storms of life that are going on around us. If we will trust God in our own storms, and we will seek God and we will learn to hear his voice, that he's got your hand, that he's got your boat, that he has got your life, that he has got you in the palm of his hand. Isaiah was Isaiah this, that wrote down, God wrote you on the palm of his hand. Listen, he knows your name. He knows what you are going through. And his desire is that we will look up and we would have his peace. When he came to the disciples and he was, Jesus was referring to his his departure, he spoke these words, peace I give you, peace I leave with you.
Your life may be upside down right now. Or inside out. But there is a God that promised to us and never leave us or forsake us. And maybe many of us, we don't have the answers. We don't, we have questions. But God has promised to fill our hearts with a sense of peace that even though we don't know, even though it's hard, even though we don't understand, there's a sense that God is in us and that God is before us. You're going to make it. He's going to bring you through it. You're going to be better in the long run. How many would agree? God has a way of bringing peace in spite of the storms that rage around us. He said, peace I give to you. In that passage of John 14, 27, he says, not as the world about that. The world does not have the peace of God that God only has. The world only has a s- imitation. Or the world says you have to have this, you have to have that in order to really have true happiness. You know, not the case, is it? God says, I'll give you peace that surpasses all your, all your understanding all your questions. He says in Proverbs to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. If you're on, like me, I, I, I try to figure things out and why this went wrong, why that happened, what, what's going on. But you know what? It's in the Lord's hands. And we pray when we seek him, when we lay it at his feet. He says to cast all our cares upon him for cares for us. This peace passes all understanding, shall guard our hearts, our minds. It shall guard when the enemy tries to come in at come at you with lies, condemnation. Well, if you would have only done this, well, you call yourself a good Christian. He comes in with all kinds of accusations. He's the accuser of the brethren, but they overcame him, Revelation says, by the word of the testimony and the blood of the Lamb. They overcame. Well, listen, as closer we, as the closer we get to the end of all time, listen, the enemy is going to come harder after God's people. I, I I believe that we're more people martyred in our world today than history, in all history. Listen, it's time for us to know where we are at, to have settled the question, even if my life is taken, I'm going to stand with God. Even no matter what, people may walk away, uh, forsake you, um, reject you, but you know in your heart. There's a God that will never reject you when you humbly walk and say, Lord, I need you. Come, Jesus. Oftentimes, we're in the midst of decisions. I remember Carrie and I were driving. We had just uh, almost bought, well, we actually put money down, I think, a house that we, we this was in our transition time. I think we just had put money, we signed something. But we still had another bit of to really seal the deal. 
and we're driving back to our, our, our other home. I remember the place. I remember the, the strip of highway, and I pulled over the country. There wasn't any traffic. I pulled over, and I got out and walked back to the car. She was following me. And I said, I don't have peace about this. And she looked at me and said, I don't either. And so we, we undid the deal. Remember that, Carrie? We undid that deal for that. And it wasn't very long. Something else came along. It was cheaper. And we liked it even better. How's that? God, God, I really believe if you don't feel peace about a decision, you should wait until you feel peace. I really feel God uses his peace to guide us. I I know sometimes we have to struggle through our fears. We have to take risks. I know there's sometimes where we... Things go wrong even though we feel God has led us. And there's all those kinds of questions that we may have. But I think things can go wrong, but we can still have a determination that we're on the right road. We're on the right road. We're on the right path. God is not the author of confusion. And, oh, I believe in the peace of God. I thank God for his peace. Because in this day and hour that we live, many people are afraid. They live in fear, constantly afraid. Who's going to hurt them? Who's going to rob from them? Who's the next person? We live in such a state of fear, but God gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. In spite of the external pressure, there's an internal pressure that gives us peace. It keeps you inflated. It keeps the wind in your sail. It gets you out of bed in the morning. It's a new day. It's a new moment. Are we willing to say, Lord, have your own way this day? Have your own way when I I don't know what to do. Helping to know what is your plans. Well, we know it's partly this. If I will come to Jesus and I will be honest with my mind, with my heart, and he knows every part of us. The psalmist says he knows our thoughts from afar off. Have you ever found yourself daydreaming in your prayers? Not many would admit that. Maybe it's not even daydream, but it's all of a sudden you get interrupted by a thought. Here's what one pastor said somewhere I heard this. When that happens, he says, thank you, devil, for reminding me what I have to do. I'm going to write that down and I'm going to go back to prayer. Wow. I mean... Isn't it like the enemy to keep us from praying, if he can, because he knows that's where the power is? Or isn't it like the enemy to get us to think negatively, if he can, because he knows that's where the battle is won? And he wants us to begin to think negatively about other people. And he wants to begin to pull it all down. 
Let's not be deceived. God comes to give life eternal, and it starts now. It starts today. You're going to live forever and forever with Jesus. This is just part of the training ground. This is part of the plan. Whatever's happened this week, this month, this year, I opened a Christmas card yesterday, came, come from one of our Christmas card senders, annual, you, may, you have a, if you have any of those kinds of folks, they send you a yearly Christmas card. It's just some of our friends that we had acquainted with in back in our first place of ministry in Palisade. And then as I began to get into the letter, we started to express some loss that they had this year. And now these folks are, the man is 80 and she's 79. And they begin to describe their uh, son who was 55, was in an automobile accident. And I really thought he was still alive until I read you know, out there he had severe brain damage. They put him back together, but he had such severe brain damage that he did pass away. And so she's, they're beginning to, to describe the, the hole in her heart. And, their, and I'm trying to imagine only the pain. And, and this is life. We don't know what can or could and will happen even in their latter years. But these are well-seasoned believers. These are people who walk with God. And these are people who know how to pray. And the world looks on. And the community looks on. And in spite of their grief, they choose in their letter to give God praise. And they said this very thing. We were learning to praise God for what we have and not what we don't have. And he mentioned 20-some great-grandchildren. He mentioned all kinds of, they're still a family. They're still, the, they're still the, they still get together. They're still hugging each other. You know, if anything, as hard as it is, it reminds you how valuable, how precious you and I, families, cherish your, your loved ones cherish each other. I believe that God would have it that way. And so, we don't know what will happen, but we know that God is in control. I just pray that if anything comes out of this message, it would be this. Whatever you're facing, God understands it totally. God may not just take the pain away. God may not just, well, fix it all at once. But God is not going to leave you by yourself. He's there. Continue to trust him. Keep him on your heart. Keep him in conversation. Keep an ear listening. Keep your heart in his worth. Be a worshiper. Be one who is quick to give praise. And I believe that we can live in such a peace, at least to a degree, at least to a degree, that will be above the average 
be above the norm that the world has. You can have him.